Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Still remote, and I am still joined by Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm excellent. How are you? Absolutely wonderful, as always. And I'll tell you, it's a special week because, once again, we've got the Cincinnati Reds beat writer uh, for the Cincinnati Inquirer and USA Today, as well as co-host of the Reds Beat Podcast with Mr. John Fay, which, by the way, uh, it's Mr. Bobby Nightingale Jr. Bobby, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be, glad to be back. Bobby, you you uh, you lead that podcast beautifully. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> you get in the driver's seat. You get that thing moving. Everything is uh, it's smooth, smooth as a uh, warm knife through butter. I just try to steer it for for John, and then John. I just let John drive as long as he wants. I like that. You drive the car, and you just let him take the conversation where it needs to go. Exactly. Yeah. John Fay, I've been a fan of, of John Fay's work for a long time covering the Reds. So he does an awesome job. But And then you coming in the last two years have been awesome as well. So you two doing that podcast together, that's instantly my favorite podcast on the internet. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. There you awesome. go. There you go. So, Bobby, I guess the first thing that I'd like to say is, how you feeling with this whole thing, man? Everybody, the the family healthy. Everybody good. We we staying uh, we staying positive in the in the apartment or condo or house or whatever you're in by yourself for however long it's been now. Yeah, luckily my fiance is here, but otherwise in my apartment, uh, everyone's been safe. Everyone's been good. We're supposed to get we were supposed to get married in November, but we're gonna have to. That's already been postponed. So has it. I mean, we'll probably still get the the we'll get married, but no wedding. So, we'll, we'll ah, so you you're gonna do the old uh, get get hitched, but do the the big party later on down the road. Figure something like that. But still, we're still working on the details. But that that's been the one big change from COVID. Man, I tell you, you know, that's you're the you're the first person, the uh, second person I know that was supposed to get married in this whole thing, and that's got to be. I mean, you go – that stuff's planned out a year ahead of time. So, that's got to be a rough deal right there, bud. Well, I got nervous early on because in baseball they were talking about moving the playoffs to November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually November's safe, so it was just like yeah. – Like the Reds make the World Series and I miss it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and, by the way, you would have missed that World Series. I'm just going to let you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no, no, no doubt about it. <laughs> No doubt about it. Well, congratulations, I guess, is in order. I, 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 uh, I didn't know that you were, you were engaged. That's awesome. Uh, I, am, I am married. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I absolutely love it. And uh, just get used to the word, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're getting a lot of you say, If you can say I'm sorry, you're, you're ready to go. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Everything's better after that. So, uh, uh, so let's get into the Reds. What do you say? Yeah, perfect. All right, man. So uh, we'll start with the COVID thing. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor Bauer's probably been the most vocal about the whole deal. And, and the biggest thing right now coming into this season is uh, was, was the money and all that to get this thing started. I guess first off, what did you think about that whole, that whole mess coming up into this? Whose side were you on? 
not, maybe not necessarily who side were you on, but, but where did you stand maybe? How did you feel about this getting started? Did you think we'd even have a season? I was always pretty confident we'd have a season. Um, more, more optimistic than most people, it seemed like. Uh, obviously, there was there were some points where it was touch and go where it felt like, you know, if, if the coronavirus was going to cause maybe a cancellation or something. But obviously dragged on way more, way longer than I think I or anyone else thought it was going to drag on just based off how much owners and players don't like each other. And a lot of it's based off of the last deal they did. It, you know, the owners, I think they won that last deal pretty handedly. And so it was like the players wanted to kind of make up for it this time by saying, we're going to have a hard line stance. We're not going to back off of anything. And so I think that's where you saw it a little bit. Um, but but I side with both sides. I mean, the players, they decided to take prorated salaries. I think that's fair. And the owners, if, if you're not going to have fans at games, you know, obviously they're going to take a big hit too. I, my, my biggest thing, it just came down to if owners felt that strongly about not having fans in the stadium about the previous deal, they should have made that more clear in their last, in the March agreement, which everything's kind of based off of. When you have, have you know, it was almost just like, you, you can't be mad you messed up in the beginning and said and didn't make it clear enough uh, that everything was based off having fans when there are no fans. You yeah. you you couldn't have said that any better. I've been saying that for the last three months on this podcast. <laughs> so so then Bobby, do you think do you see this the way this went having an impact on the next collective bargaining negotiation? Yeah, I mean, the next one, the current collective bargaining agreement ends after the 21 season. So I have one guaranteed season left. I mean, I think it shows, I mean, you have to be at least prepared for a strike if it gets that far. The one, one thing, though, is no player, you know, the last one was in 1994, the big strike where the World Series was canceled. There's no players around, and there's only one owner around from that strike. So no one's really ever done it before. So I think that's the yeah. one silver lining is saying you really think the players would do that. You really think the owners would try and drive that bus off the cliff again. But do you think there's a, a big enough wedge driven further between the two parties uh, because of this thing that, that it's more likely that that could happen again with the next one? I think, I think it's certainly possible. I don't, I don't know if it's more likely or not. I mean, you, you, you always knew before, even before this happened, the two sides didn't like each other. I think it just played out more publicly than anyone thought it would. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah, so then, okay, so then we're, we're going to have a season. We know that. Um, starts up, uh, what, next week, right? Yeah, next Friday. 20, yeah, week in two days. Uh, so in camp, so there's, a, there's a, basically a mini camp, right, mini spring training again. Um, how, so for the first handful of days, it was just basically – drills and skills kind of stuff. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Simulated, you know, simulated BP and, and pitching and stuff like that. And then in the last few days, they've had like games basically, right? Scrimmages. Yeah. I think for about a week now they've done, they're, they're controlled scrimmages. So it's not like a true game. I mean, some innings are, some days it's three, three outs for every inning, but say, like today, Jose De Leon pitched the first inning. He walked four guy, three guys and hit a guy. And so they just called it based off his pitch count versus saying, you know, you have to struggle through an entire inning. So they, can, they do things like that and put a runner on second base to start an inning to put a reliever in a different situation. Yeah. So, so to start the year off here, uh, 
well, before we get into that, let's stay, let's stick with, let's stick with camp. Who's been the biggest standout? I mean, it's only been a couple weeks and we had a, we had a spring training, maybe not the biggest standout, but maybe the biggest difference between uh, ST1 and ST2, spring training one and spring training two. Who's been the biggest difference maker between the two uh, spring trainings? I think if you're looking for just differences between the two, I think Nick Senzel, he's drawn the biggest compliments from the coaching staff and everyone. He's in great shape. I mean, he's flying around the base pass and in center field. He looks like a good hitter. I mean, he was hurt. He was hurt in spring training. He wasn't even going to start the year on time. Um, so, so that, you know, there's a big difference between him being healthy and not. And then also, you know, seeing Nick Castellanos say great American ballpark for the first time. I mean, last year, there's a lot of doubles he hit last year that are going to be homers this year. So he's yeah. got, just seeing him in the ballpark for finally, it's like, okay, this guy could really make a big difference. That's, that's cool. So, so let's stick with the outfield then. Uh, I mean, you, you basically got six guys out there, right? I mean, uh, Shogo Akiyama, uh, Aristides Aquino, uh, Nick Castellanos, Philip Irvin, Nixon Zell, and uh, Winker. So, where where does this team go? Who's going to see? It's only sixty games, so you're you don't the guys aren't going to need a ton of days off throughout the week because it's a short and shortened season. Who's going to see? Who's going to be hurt by the sixty games? Who's not going to see the playing time because of it? I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Aquino is going to be on the opening day roster. I think, I, think oh, wow. chance, I think there's a chance they they keep him in Mason and he's not immediately on the roster just because you, you could bring a guy like Mark Payton. He's a, he's a faster yeah. guy and he just brings a little bit different, like a guy who could play center and speed, which they don't have a ton of those type of guys. So I could see them choosing to choose, choose him on the roster instead of Aquino. I think he's hurt the most and maybe Phil Irvin too. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll probably play a lot against left-handed pitchers like he did last year. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's just, I don't. I don't see him playing every day just based off. Sure. After he signed Shogo and Nick Castellanos, it's just too bad for a guy like Philip Irvin. Man, he's 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 for four years it seemed, or three or four years now. He's just he has probably been the most consistent outfielder we've had for the last three straight years. Mister September. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, so. Have you been have you been in the ballpark every day since they've been back? Uh, I, I took one or two days off, but for yeah, every other day besides that. So, how was it, especially when they first came back, and I guess especially now that since they've been back a couple of weeks, how is everybody doing? With uh, are you seeing? We don't need any names or anything, but are there guys who are like flat out do not care about masks or social distancing or anything, or is everybody really good about it, or is it just kind of like? Everybody's for themselves, and some people are great, some people aren't. How's that going? No, I think most guys are pretty serious about it. I mean, obviously some guys are more, you know, they'll wear masks more often than other guys. But I think they almost all have the sense like, you know, all it takes is one outbreak and the season's over, and they all feel pretty good about it. So it's almost like you kind of have to work together to make sure it happens, even if maybe you don't agree with wearing a mask all the time. Uh, but most guys, most guys I've seen are doing that, and you, you kind of have to social distance and practice some of the health and safety rules that MLB has in place right now. So tell me about uh, tell me about 
the team you don't you're not in the locker room so you're not really interviewing guys right no everything's over zoom okay so you're over zoom so uh, are they just putting like one guy in and letting all the media be in with him and then just switching guys around do they give you a certain few guys per day how's that working yeah it's almost uh so so like today for instance it was we had the hitting coach Alan Zinter at 115, uh, David Bell at 130, um, Philip Irvin at two, and Shogo at 215. And it, you know, it depends on each day. It's it, we had more players today than usual. Um, it's you know maybe Bell, Bell's every day, and then maybe two players, and they just come back to back to back for the most part. So, are there any guys on this team? It's I mean, everybody's here, right? The whole the whole roster is here. Is there anybody that seems like there's some guys still kind of on the fence? There's a lot of guys who have just said they don't want to play, that they're not going to play, Buster Posey being one of them, probably the biggest name uh, out there. There's, there's other guys, a lot of, a lot of stars uh, coming into that or even saying they're still kind of maybe on the fence with it. Uh, does it seem like anybody is, is in that boat with the Reds? No, I thought there would be, but there's not. You know, it just seems – I mean, to everyone we've asked the question to, they've all been – pretty steadfast in saying, I want to play. Uh, you know, a few guys like Tucker Barnhart, Anthony DiScofani, A. Eugenio Torres, they have pregnant wives. So I thought, you know, those guys would be more likely than yeah. all those guys, you know, they're pretty committed um, to saying they, they wanted to play. And it doesn't sound like they gave it much thought of not playing, especially a guy like DiScofani. He's a, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, so, you know, if he, if he didn't play, he wouldn't be a free agent at the end of the year. So it's almost like he felt, you know, he didn't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's, it's his time to get his money. So the faster you can get that money, good for him. I'd have done the same thing, without a doubt. So have, have you been up to Mason at Prasco Park? I haven't. Uh, they, they allowed the media for, I think it was 45 minutes one day, and John Fay went from the Enquirer. Um, but we were only allowed to have one person there. So I was, I was at Great American Ballpark that day. How many guys do they have up there? At, at uh, Prasco? Yeah. 20, 22 players. 22. Is there, but a, but is a, lot of, a lot of them come over to Great American Ballpark for the scrimmages. So, man, we've seen basically – I think we've seen everyone but one player so far. Alfredo Rodriguez, he's the one guy I haven't seen. But everyone else has been over at Great American Ballpark at one point or another. So, are there any of those guys that are mostly – that are spending most of their time in Mason – that you see having a better chance to make the roster than anybody else? Um, I mean, I mean, Aquino, I, it, all it takes is a few injuries and he's back into a starting role. I mean, obviously you see his potential. So he's a guy, TJ uh, Antone, he's kind of been one of those guys that he was really good in the spring uh, as an up and comer. He was going to go to AAA. Now it's like possibly in a bullpen role. I, I could see them. He's, he's throwing like 95 to 97. So it's one of those guys where he's really he's really taking a jump up. So I, I could see him being a future guy. And there's a few non-roster guys over there that we just don't see regularly enough to know if they have a true shot at making the roster. But there's a chance. I mean, there's guys with big league experience over there that, um, you know, maybe they've been having a great camp and we just don't know about it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into – let's get a, a little bit into the season that is going to be. So we're – we're talking 60 games. It's going to be shortened. Uh, we, the Reds are, are right now known for having 
one of the better starting rotations uh, in the National League, if not in baseball. So uh, in no particular or uh, let's go alphabetical order, Bauer, uh, Castillo, Disclafani, Gray, Malley. Number one, do, do they have a rotation set up yet? And number two, are they even going to definitely go with a five-man rotation with 60 games being so short, maybe knocking Mally out in, or, or Disco and, and the, getting some of the better arms to throw more? Uh, yeah, they already announced the rotation early on. So it'll be Sonny Gray's your opening day starter. And then oh, okay. Theo, Trevor Bauer in order. And then uh, versus the Cubs. So those, those three will pitch against the Tigers. And then versus the Cubs, it'll be Wade Miley and uh, Anthony Scafani will be the number five. It looks like they'll do a five-man for at least the start of the season. Um, just based off the first 17 days, they don't have a day off. So it's almost like you have to fill 17 days yeah. without crushing your bullpen. So I think, I think yeah. you'll do that for at least the first – until the first off day. And then maybe afterwards you can get a little bit more creative – um, in terms of, you know, Trevor Bowers, a guy who wants to pitch a little bit more often. So he, he could be a guy after that first off day, if he's pitching well, he starts the season off well, um, you could see that happen. A guy like Derek Johnson. Go ahead, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. How surprised were you to see that Sonny Gray got the, got the nod over Castillo for opening day starter? And why do you think that what, – what do you think was the deciding factor? I think, you know, Sonny Gray, I think he's thrown a little bit more during the, the shutdown period. Castillo was here in uh, Cincinnati the whole time. Um, but Gray, he, he was with Kirk Casale and Derek Johnson during the last few months. So I, I think he's a little bit further ahead, and I think that played a little bit of part of it, uh, part in it. And also, like, you know, those two are the two main guys that have opening day experience. And Castillo, I mean, obviously you saw what he did last year. He kind of took it and ran with it. But Gray, he, the way he finished, I mean, he was one of the top National League pitchers the last two months of the season. Sure. So I think it was rewarding him for that, saying, um, you know, we like Castillo too, but, um, you know, just kind of reward for the way you finished. So, so I wanted to get into Derek Johnson because with a shortened season and an expanded roster, man, the, the amount of arms you have and the things you can do with those arms where – of throwing two, three, even four days in a row. I mean, Lorenzen already said he'll pitch every day. He wants to pitch every day. We obviously know that's not going to happen. But Derek Johnson, you know, he's got a lot of college background. Uh, what will that help? Will that help the Reds? Or do you think he might try to get a little too, get a little too fancy with it and just stick with what what works in Major League Baseball? No, I, I just think they're going to try and win every game, no matter what. I mean, I think. You know, that taking your starter out after two innings and just being aggressive that way, I think you'll see it happen. I mean, you kind of have – like Tyler Malley's in the bullpen. He could pitch five innings if you had to. If you had to. Um, so, so you feel comfortable just saying, you know, almost every game is a playoff game. You know, when you watch the playoffs and how fast they take out starters, uh, I think that's what you're going to see with the Reds. I mean, first sign of trouble, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you see a lot of quick hooks this season. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's basically – an expanded playoff, right? I mean, you yeah. already have an expanded playoff, but 60 games, I mean, shoot, if you if you start in the wild card and you go seven games or five games, seven games, set whatever it is, you're going to end up playing 30 games in the in the playoffs anyway. So, I mean, it's this that's the way I'd like to hear the and he's he's an aggressive guy anyway. So, it'll be fun it'll be fun to see what Bell does throughout the season and Johnson. 
in that case. Yeah, yeah and it, I agree that his college experience will help. I mean, it's just one of those things where he's kind of used to a sprint. He's used to, you know, you look at his experience with the Brewers too. He's just used to knowing how to manage a bullpen really well and kind of just being in this type of an environment where every game means so much more than a, a typical reason. Yeah, and so – so this looking at the schedule, I think it, I think I saw they play like a third of their games are against uh, Kansas City, Detroit, and Pittsburgh, who are all expected to not be very good, right? So the Reds, I feel like, and, and it looks like a, a a pretty unbalanced schedule. So they don't play all this, you know, the, the uh, even the in division teams um, the same amount of games, right? So they play more against Pittsburgh, I think, than anybody else. Is that? Did I see that right? They'll play, they'll play everyone ten times, but they'll play Pittsburgh seven times in Cincinnati, and I think the Cubs two seven times in Cincinnati. Okay. So and in terms of how many home games, like they'll play seven road games against St. Louis and Milwaukee. Um, so that part's uneven, but uh, otherwise, in division, it's even. Okay, I got you. But yeah, so but they have because they're playing the American League Central, and they're playing some of the weaker teams in the American League Central. Um, it looks like they have a little bit more of an advantage of an advantage over maybe some teams in like the East or something like that that have to play, you know, a good American League or National League East. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I feel like I feel like the Reds have to have an advantage because of that schedule that they just get lucky enough to play, right? Yeah, and, and also like the, the American League Central, so you play six games against your rival and then four games against everyone else. Well, the Reds' rival this year is the Tigers instead of the Indians, which I guess it's based on sense. But, I mean, if you, get to, if you get to play extra games against the worst team in the major leagues and then also you get to play six of your first ten games against the Tigers, I mean, to me that's like <laughs> the biggest gift from the schedule, the scheduling gods you could ask for. Yeah, that is goofy. So there can uh, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they literally have a trophy and stuff that's given for, the, <laughs> for our rivalry. Anyway, uh, which so is the silliest thing to me. I, I don't know how you feel, Bobby, about it, or even Chris, but I, the Indians Reds that that does not feel like a rivalry. I know it's an oh, it's not. It's not, it not in any like way, shape, or form. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's it's a it's a rivalry for people that live in live in Columbus. That's it. <laughs> because it's a mix up there. It's it's that we don't care about them. They don't care about us. I actually enjoy the Indians. I, yeah, Ramirez I is one like of my favorite. Part, yeah. Jose Ramirez is one of my favorite players. Anyway, uh, so the DH being throughout the year. Speaking of American League teams, who do, do have the Reds said anything about about uh, putting anybody directly in that? I mean, is Castellanos coming from the American League? Is he going to be the, um, the 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 number one guy to be put into that into that spot, or is it going to? I mean, it's got to be an outfielder. I would think that's going to take that position most of the time. Or is it a? a are they just going to kind of move it around? Do they not know? Yeah, I think they're going to move it around. I think I think 90, 95% of the time it will be an outfielder, just just because those are your best bats. I, sure. I see Winker doing a lot just because he's not a great outfielder. Um, Cassiano said he doesn't want to. I mean, it's not like he won't play if he is, but um, he said, you know, if it's up to him, he doesn't want to at all. So I, I think that'll be – they'll take that into account a little bit. Um, just because just he, he says he wants to be a better defender. That's something he's kind of dedicated himself to being. Um, 
and he, he hasn't really played one position for a extended period uh, since he entered the major leagues. So I think where it's coming from. Um, so I, I think it'll be like Winker, Castellanos, Irvin. I, I could see a bunch of those type of outfielder types uh, shuffling through. I'd love to see Philip Irvin get to get to uh, make an impact on this team more consistently in a role, even if it's in a role like that. I think I think that would be a perfect spot for a guy like him. But that's just me. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very interested to see how this DH plays out uh, throughout the year. Is this something that you think in the next bargaining agreement is going to be put into place? Is this one of those things that? The players were talking about, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things the owners wanted. They were afraid they're going to try to push it all into that next CBA. Is that one thing that you think we are on the brink of a of a National and American League DH? Yeah, I mean, I think if they go back to no DH in the National League next year, that'll be your last year of not having a DH. So it's possible they might add it next year, and you never you never have a National League without it again. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I, I, I've always advocated. I wrote it a few times in the Inquirer. I want like a hybrid model where you can have a DH for your starting pitcher, but once you take out your starter, you lose your DH. Oh, oh, look at this. Holy cow. I haven't read that article of yours yet, so I need to find that because I'm interested in that. Me and Adam have had a lot of conversations about the DH. And I, I can't figure out where I'm at. I'm pretty much against it, I feel, because I kind of like the, the strategy involved. I love the strategy in baseball in general. That's one of my favorite things about baseball. However, I kind of enjoy that. That's, a, that's, a, that's an old-school rule change that I think I'd be in favor of. And that, would get, keep that, like a, that would keep that strategy back in there, right? Yeah. And I do think you'll see some strategy, like the DH is going to a lot out of National League rules, but with the, the extra inning rule they're putting in where you start, put a, start a runner at second base to start an inning, I, I think you'll see a lot of National League rule that way just because, you know, some teams will bunt, some teams will try to move them over, sacrifice flies. You almost have to play small ball a little bit uh, just to make sure you get one run. That one is not staying, right? I mean, we all pretty well agree that that's the dumbest thing in the world. That's a beer league <laughs> softball rule that does not need to be – in baseball, right? Can we agree on that, or am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. I I, I like it actually. I've, I've seen it happen. It, the the thing the thing about baseball is it's the only overtime where fans leave when you get to overtime. It, that's you're exactly right. It's true. You're exactly. Right. To, me, to me, it's almost like college football's overtime a little bit, where it's a little gimmicky. You know, you you have an advantage if you're the second team, if you're the home team, basically. Yeah, um, but but I think I think you'll like it more than you think you will. Hey, listen, I've been play I played like competitive softball for a while, which is weird as that sounds, and <laughs> played in and have been playing softball for I don't know, it feels like almost twenty years. It has been almost twenty years now, and that's one of the things that I've always thought was the weirdest thing in the world. We would do in extra innings, throw a guy on second base. All right, who got just okay? Last out goes to second base. The, that's the it just seems goofy to me, like you said, gimmicky, but eh, who knows? Maybe maybe it will uh, intrigue people to stay because the game will get over. It gives you – I understand what it does. It gives you a runner in scoring position. It makes that first – from the first at bat of the inning, it makes it exciting for the fans. 
So I understand it, just not a fan of it. I just think like think like if you had Billy Hamilton on the team, and then you know you get to the tenth inning, you let him go pinch run. You know, it'd be exciting to see if he'd steal a base. You know, that type of thing. Could he score? Could he score from second on like a blue hit? Sure, but he would have to be. Now, how does the rule going to work? Because I don't, I haven't read into it, but I know the way we've always done it, playing, uh, like I said, in the softball is the last out would go there. So you can obviously pinch run for that guy, but you can only pinch run for him if the guy's not in the game. So Billy Hamilton, you know, he started most of the time. So he would not have even been an opportunity, not have been a chance. Of course, he made a lot of last outs and innings. So he definitely might have been there in that case, but. Uh, is that the same way this works? Yeah, yeah, same way. I mean, like say Michael Lorenzen, you don't use him as a pitcher. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. Yeah. So, you know, he'd be a good guy for that role too. Travis Jankowski. Yeah. Come on. There you go. There you go. I love to see that hair flowing in the wind. He still got that long hair going. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. See that stuff flying. I love it. I love yeah, it. nobody cut their hair during the during the quarantine, so <laughs> – Sure, I'm sure there's all kinds of locks flowing around there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. What, what, what else you got, Adam? Uh, there was something I had just a minute ago, and now it's escaping me. Um, That's absolutely terrible. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, the, my biggest thing now is uh, when, are, when can we expect the next Reds Beat podcast? Ooh, probably – you know, maybe in a few days or so. I mean, we're getting close to where they have to set the roster. I mean, you have your first game in nine days. So, yeah. I, I think in the next four or five days, we'll kind of have a picture of who the 30-man roster will be or who the last one or two spots will go to. Um, so, probably around then. Because there was, a, there was a, a period where, because there was nothing going on, there wasn't, there wasn't anything going on. So, there was no podcast or whatever for a while, and then – I just listened to the last one the other day and I'm loving it. You guys going to do that throughout the season? Yeah, we hope to. Yeah. Maybe hopefully like a weekly thing. Cause um, you know, we're, we're probably not going to travel that much or the inquire. We're planning to go to the first road series, but beyond that, I mean, just cause everything's over zoom and um, you know, with all yeah. the travel restrictions, you know, I, I don't know how much we'll actually travel compared to other seasons. I'm guessing if they're if they're not having the broadcasters travel, they probably won't have you guys travel much either, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we'll we'll probably do the first one just just to because it'll be unique, and then maybe after that, that might be, you know, we'll revisit maybe in September if things change. Are you excited about that, or are you going to miss the travel a little bit? I mean, it's it's almost like in a regular season when you're on the road, it's a different type of access with players. Just they don't really have anywhere to go. You know, you're, there, you're either at the hotel or you're at the ballpark. So ballpark more, so you have a chance to talk to them more. Um, but now, I mean, if everything's over Zoom, there's not really, you know, you, there's no advantage to being on the road versus, you know. I yeah, you don't, you don't get the Zoom fun hotel bar interviews after. <laughs> after uh, you know what I mean? I'm with you there. I miss my Marriott. If I was a ball player, the, the beat riders would have loved me because I would have been down sitting you always find me every after every game you always find me down at the hotel bar i'll give you any story you want 
<laughs> yep, the later it is, the better the better quotes you're gonna get. <laughs> you better you better believe it, bro. You better believe it. <laughs> headline after headline, Chris. And the- That's right. <laughs> Quote me too. Quote me on this. Quote me on this. No. <laughs> uh hey, Bobby, Adam, you got anything else for him? That's it. That's all Bobby, I Bobby, man. Brother, I appreciate we as always, we appreciate it. Uh, uh you Tell tell everybody again how they can follow you and what you're what you got going on, whether it be writing or podcasting or whatever else. Yeah, everything's on Cincinnati.com, uh, the Reds Beat Podcast on Twitter, Nightingale Jr. Um, obviously, we've been we've been kind of ramped up since camp started. We'll ramp up even more once the season starts with some other things. Try, we'll try some new things this year, just because you know the challenges of doing everything over Zoom. Uh, you know, it's different than being in the clubhouse. So we'll, we'll try some different things, and uh, hopefully people will read it and like it. There you go. I like you, man. Hey, we we appreciate you coming on, and congratulations. Uh, ha- have fun with the the weirdness of getting married in, in, <laughs> in banana COVID land that we've got going on now. Uh, it's going to be crazy for you, but I'm happy for you. And uh, – there you go, man. I, I, once again, Bobby Nightingale Jr. comes on and proves me wrong about the DH. So, <laughs> thanks for coming. On. I just, next time I talk, I want to hear your thoughts on the, the extra inning rule. I just want to see if you change your mind. Okay, I'm, no, that, I like that. So, so if you're good, I, we'd like to have you on uh, maybe after the season starts, uh, maybe a couple weeks in, and hopefully there's an extra inning game. And I'll let you know the difference between beer league softball uh, man on second and and major league baseball man on second. <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the late inning of uh, the extra inning stuff, I can't tell you how happy I am. There's no West Coast games because yes. for yeah. some reason I could not make myself go to sleep. I had to stay up until 1:30 in the morning for some reason. It didn't make any sense, and then I had to get up for work the next day. Very glad there are no. West Coast games, especially when there's when there are extra innings, and opening days at six ten. So are we gonna if we get a bunch of six ten games? How great is that gonna be? I'm gonna actually sleep this year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious to see how many people actually watch. You know, fifty of the sixty games or all sixty. I mean, it's almost like you know, just because games are so much more important, like almost much people watch a little bit more. I feel like they need to. They should. And and I feel bad because we've already said you were leaving. But I do got one more question now. I just thought of one more thing. Piping in the crowd noise. I saw a little thing the other day. Jesse Winker catches a fly ball. They piped in some crowd noise. He's kidding around. A little tip of the hat. Uh, have, we, have we heard uh, – are they Are they still thinking about doing something goofy like that? Or I like it, to be honest. But are they – is that not something that's going to happen? No, it is. Yeah, MLB is mandating it. They have to. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. That's probably a good thing because it'll it'll kill a little bit of the players because uh, you're going to hear the players clear as day and what they have to say. And I'm going to tell you from just being in the field, you know, throughout my entire life, words that come out of my mouth after certain things happen probably wouldn't make it on air. It'd be a whole <laughs> lot of dead air in between. So uh, it, it might be good to have a little piped in noise to, to kill some of that. It's a little, it's a little weird just because it's like you know they're still they're still working on stuff during the scrimmages but it's like sometimes it's delayed like a guy will strike out it'll be three steps back and then you'll hear the cheers 
what was what was weird about it to me is like on that play that you're talking about it was a routine fly ball and the crowd noise was way too much for a cincinnati baseball game for a routine fly ball it did not match. opening day man getting ready for opening day it did not match that play <laughs> just as long as they don't pipe in the woos Oh. In like the for like the seventh inning of a of a mid August game, as long as they don't do that, I'm good. We we were joking in the press box that they need to set it up where you know how like some fans go crazy on like a regular fly ball, thinking it's going to be a homer, but it you know just yeah. goes. Yes. They need yes. To play it. Ah, you know. <laughs> as soon as the balls hit in the air, you yeah. gotta have like half the stadium. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. That's funny. All right, we've kept you. We've kept you for for far too long, and you've got a beautiful fiance. I'm sure waiting for you uh, in the other room. And we appreciate all your time, man. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Bobby. Right, thanks, Bobby. Yes. Bobby Nightingale, ladies and gentlemen. I, I I tell you what, man, that dude is phenomenal. He really knows this stuff, and he's quick. And he's got an opinion, and he he backs it up. He's really good at what he does. Yeah, that's why we bring him on. He's a lot smarter than we are about all this. No stuff. doubt. And he, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that Tyler Malley was in the starting rotation. He didn't even blink, just kept on talking about it. He <laughs> obviously is Wade Miley. I didn't mean to say Tyler Malley. But, uh, yeah, he just kept on going through it like I never even made the mistake. What a pro. He's a pro right there. He is a pro. pro. He's a pro. Although I've heard that Tyler Malley is having a great spring, uh, or it's not spring, it's summer, but is having a great, uh, is looking good at least. Looking good, looking Throwing good. Throwing hard now, all that good stuff. He's, uh, he's, he's tossing the old pigskin around, huh? Sure. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> no, that's football. That is football, yes. Yeah, I'll just mess around. Hey, if we're if we're transitioning to uh, to other sports, then I've got one really quick thing for you. Before, Let's hear it. What do you got, before bro? we go into this comedy segment, so this happened a couple weeks ago, and we haven't talked about it yet. But I I just really took a look at the list. So the NBA, there's all kinds of stuff about going on about the bubble every single day. Um, there, you know. There's news like every five minutes about what's going. There are more people getting, you know, testing positive. Russell Westbrook has the coronavirus now. There's a new guy all the time uh, that has it. Uh, there are guys that are just getting there late now. James Harden just got there yesterday or today or whatever. Um, so people are uh, arriving. There are stories. You know, we talked last week about people talking about the food. Some guys are are complaining about it some guys are like you know what this is totally fine there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff we're still really lucky um but the one thing uh that they established a couple weeks ago between the players association and the league was that they're going to be allowed to wear certain sayings on the back of their jersey instead of their name right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So I, I finally took a look at the list here. So there's an approved list. You can't just do whatever you want. You can't just oh, say, no, no, no. Yeah. you can't. So the NBA have, wasn't going to let have, people start talking about free, free Hong Kong or something on the back. They're, right. they're not going to uh, uh, deface the brand of the NBA. They're going to make sure everybody's saying something that they're good with. Right. I can't go to them and be like, I want to have Slippery Dog or Slime Belly Gutter Snipe put on my back or whatever. And I feel like they'd like, be good with that. Whatever. 
Yeah, that one, that one, those two are, would be by far the best two, but they didn't make the list for some reason. But Chris, I was looking at this list and, you know, most of them are, okay, kind of obvious or whatever. Black Lives Matter, uh, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, that kind of stuff. There are a couple though that have me scratching my head and I just want to, to throw a couple out at you that I am so not certain about. And I want I'm to so excited. I'm going to tell you exactly what they mean. Okay. Because I need some help. All right. I got you. I got One you. of them is, and I will butcher this, and my, uh, my lovely sister-in-law and a few other folks that I know uh, who speak sp- uh, Spanish fluently are, are going to cringe, but um, one of them is Si Se Pueda is how I'm going to pronounce it, which is probably wrong, but that is Spanish for yes, we can. Now, look, I, I know that it probably means like, yes, we can uh, come together and, and fix uh, racism and pandemics and all that kind of, but that's still strange. Yes, we can. That well, could mean, I mean anything. I, that could mean anything. Yeah, I mean, right. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I don't know who the player is, but if he's Spanish, uh, I, I feel like he may not be an absolute star and maybe he's got multiple personalities and people just want to know if he feels really confident about his game. And he's just saying, yes, we can play. Yes, we can. <laughs> okay. That didn't help me feel any better about it, but I appreciate it. I told you, I'm going to tell you what these mean. So keep spinning okay. them out. I'm ready for the next one. Let's okay. go. Oh, wait. Who was that, by the way? Uh, the, the, these are just – I don't know if anybody has chosen that. These are just the list of approved sayings that you can use. Oh, not approved sayings that people have – well, somebody obviously would have had to have put them in for them to approve them, I would say. But, possibly. Yeah. Yep, Possibly. Um, another one is <laughs> why would why would the NBA just put yes we can in Spanish? You know what? I'm going to prove yes we can. I'm also going to prove no we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to prove I wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my and favorite. If we're proving sayings, so right, you know. <laughs> Once, okay. twice, three times a lady. <laughs> Oh man! If we want to do this, we can go. We could. We could. We could do this for another two, three hours. I haven't even thought about it, and I'm not even coming up with good ones. But God, we need. We get Bobby Edwards on here with us. Oh my this. gosh! Holy cow! Bobby Edwards and your brother Joey Schmidt. I could just sit back and listen to you three. Just actually, those two probably come up with the funniest little one-liners. Anyway, all right, let's go. I mean, I wear socks is as good as it's gonna get, honestly. <laughs> It doesn't get much better. <laughs> so another one, um, group economics. Group economics. That's an approved saying by the NBA. That you can put on the back of your jersey instead of your name. You can put the, the phrase group economics. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of guys who in the NBA who went to college uh, some of them actually went for four years, some of them one year, two years, three years. And, and a lot of people don't think they ever do any schooling. So I think yeah, economics is always the biggest class. You always have like econ one and all that. It's one of those big giant classes have like 
you know, 200 students in it. It's a group, right? It's a giant group. They're just letting people know, like, listen, I went to school too. I went to class too. I'm just as smart as you. I took group econ. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder if uh, Coach Dressman lobbied for that one. I, I mean, I would say so. You know Coach Dressman. God love him. Coach Dressman, uh, who left Elder one or two years after my senior year. I've told the story about Coach Dressman and Coach Whitmer on this podcast, right? Yes, about how you about got Coach Whitmer's uh, – Yeah, uh, and they beat damn. the living brakes off of me and Mike Little in, uh, in, in Cornhole. Anyway, so uh, they both ended up being lawyers. They went to school to be lawyers, and I believe they're both lawyers now. Yeah. Uh, and I think they both still coach for Elder. Uh, Jay uh, Dressman, baseball, he was a catcher at Xavier. I think it's Xavier. And, and Whitmer, who, who has been a, a coach at Elder since, I don't know, since he graduated maybe. Yeah. <laughs> since they won the last state title. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Coach Dressman was the – he's the, the first person to ever teach me how to fill out a check in a checkbook. So oh, nice. I want to say thank you to Coach Dressman for teaching me something that at this point in my life really means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that, they, I'm sure they, they probably don't teach that anymore, right? I, I don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I would like to think so. I mean, we literally had like a week where we had to like write checks and, and balance a checkbook in economics class. Well, so would you say that um, as far as learning how to uh, manage your finances, would you say that Coach Dressman was your mentor? Oh, he doesn't want to be known that way for me, man. I had back when I was in back when I was in my college days because I only went to college for a couple of years. In my college days, I had uh, I had a few uh, I had a few of the phone calls saying, "Hey, you're uh, you're you're quite a bit late." They gave me a credit card. I mean, I just used it. I didn't pay that thing. Why do you just, I just use this? Sure. Swipe, swipe, swipe. I was buying drinks all the time for people. I didn't pay that thing. <laughs> There's apparently a bunch of money in this plastic card, and it's just, yeah. it comes out when I swipe it. It's amazing. There you go. That's exactly right. They gave me my drinks. I already got what I wanted out of it. I don't you thought, it was a, you thought it was a prepaid – you thought it was a prepaid card? Hey, that's <laughs> what I – you know, it is what it is. I didn't know how that thing worked. So, like I said, Coach, Coach Justin probably doesn't want to be put in that same uh, sentence with me. Okay. So, the reason I asked you if, if you would consider him your mentor as far as that goes is because that's the next strange <laughs> word you can put on the back of your jersey is mentor. Who is going to put mentor on the back of their jersey? Hey man, it's, uh, you know, there, there. Uh, is it a saying? I mean, that's not a saying. It's, that's it's just, it's an identity, and and I yeah. feel like if you're a you mentor, like, yeah, you either have to be somebody else has to call you a mentor, or it has to be like a legal thing or something. Like I was just about to say, I feel like you're kind of patting yourself on the back here, right? Like you don't give yourself a nickname. Exactly. I've always been that. I feel like that's more of a nickname than it is a saying. You know uh -huh. what I mean? And you don't give yourself a nickname. It's I'm, not, I'm I mean, totally a mentor is a title, but, but you aren't – I mean, Somebody has to tell you, you that you are their mentor, though. 
it, that's a, it's a strange one. That is a really strange one to me. Group economics, mentor, and the, the last one that I have the biggest issue with, this phrase. You can put right. this phrase instead of James on the back of your jersey. If you're LeBron, you can put this. I am a man. Man, I would think that wouldn't have been approved. I feel like with all our gender neutral AB squared and stuff like that, I feel like that's something they wouldn't want you to put on the back. I don't know what the, what the decision was on that or who asked for it. I, like you said, if somebody asked for this, who is putting on the back of their jersey, I am a man? Joanna man? I, 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 I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's the weirdest one to me. The strange maybe, maybe uh, Candace Parker or somebody wants to play in the NBA and somebody was against it, so they just wanted to say, listen, I am a man. It's 2020, brother. It's 2020. You know what I mean? Or 20, 20, 20 delicate 20 or what? It, God, I can't remember what he said. Anyway, it's 20-something 20, 20. Let's, you know, some people are men. Some people look like men. Uh, I feel like if you put that on your jersey, you should also be allowed to put the grass is green, the sky is blue. This is a yellow jersey. Yeah. This jersey is purple. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're all still thinking about LeBron is what it sounds like. I, I just used him as an example. <laughs> I did that for you because that's your boy. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? And speaking of LeBron – that was one of the biggest surprises to me. He, he came out and said he is choosing not to use one of those phrases on the back of his jersey. One of the most outspoken guys about the movement to, yeah, to but equality. I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't, I didn't know that. I did, I did not know that. But I can kind of understand it because at, at this point in time, it's one of these like uh, actions speak louder than words kind of a thing, right? And I can see LeBron saying, all right, everybody's doing this. LeBron is always uh, – I want to be a little bit different when it comes to these kind of things. He wants to stand out. He wants to have the voice, right? So he'll be one that is constantly talking about these matters. But if everybody's doing it, I feel like he's just going to put his name on the back and after every game, he, he will bring something up. He, I don't think that's going to keep him from – from speaking about it or keep him from doing anything about it. If anything, he might do it even more than anyone else, but I can understand that. I mean, you know, he's, he's a different cat, man. That's why we love him. Why That's, I love him. It, it, it surprised me a lot because he, he is very vocal about, uh, about all that stuff, like you said. And, and he, it just surprised me that, that he has that opportunity and he's not doing it. Um, but what, I, I what is the opportunity? I don't know. I, it, I don't have. It seems, it's like Bobby was talking about. It seems kind of gimmicky to me to let to 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 begin with. So so yep. maybe he's like, you know what? To to just put something on the back of my jersey doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something because it's how you feel. But you know, let's let me let me portray how I feel the way I want to do it. Not mandated by the NBA to say this is what I want to say. Maybe he wanted to put. A last name on the back because they already said they weren't going to let you put any names like Brianna right. Taylor, or, you know, or anything like that. So 
maybe he wanted to do that. They said no. And he said, well, if that's the case, I'm going to put my name on the back and then I'm just going to make sure that everybody knows how I feel. Yeah. And, and I'm sure this was the opportunity to put one of these phrases on or words on, on the back of your jersey is to appease some of the guys that were considering not playing. 100%. To, to not, to not take a, the focus away from trying to make some change. Um, so, I mean, that did. That surprised me. Jimmy Butler's another one that said he's not going to do it. That also surprised me. I feel like he's a guy that, that would uh, definitely speak out about stuff like that if given the opportunity. Um, but besides that, it's uh, – it, it, I, I, I want LeBron and I want Jimmy Butler. I wish those were the guys that were having those uh, phrases on the back of their jerseys way more so than the guys who are – the third or fourth guy off the bench who 10 years ago, Adam Schmidt knew every single player in the NBA. Yeah. 20 Adam Schmidt. I, there's probably, there's probably at least a guy or two on every team that I I'm not familiar with anymore. Uh, so those guys, when those guys get so weird. and they don't have their names on the back of their Jersey, I, I, I got to look it up. I got to listen for the, for the announcers to say the names, by the way, that's going to be hard on them too. Probably. Guys who don't get in games very often, uh, and a guy comes in, they'll have jersey numbers. Hey, you got spotters. They got yeah. spotters, and they still got the numbers on. So That's maybe true. not spotters like the NFL, like like football does, but but the numbers are right there. They've got a list. There's only 15 guys. You can find that list pretty quick. I don't think that'll be too tough. Yeah, but for me, that's going to be tough when those kind of guys get in the game and they've got and they've got I am a man on the back of their jersey or group economics. I. I Hey, Mr. You know, group economics, I'm going to tell you right now, the guy who has group economics, I'm going to know who that guy is. Yeah, I'm looking him up. There's no doubt because I'm looking him up once and I will know him for the rest of the year. Yep. You know, and another thing too is, is some of the bigger guys, I can understand LeBron, like maybe there are some people in camp that gave him a little what's up, like, hey, listen, I know how you feel about this. You – Put your you have the biggest platform when it comes to Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, all these different things, FaceTube and all this stuff that you have that you can step up on your platform to and speak about what you want. Let's keep your brand and your jersey and these sales and let's keep your brand where it needs to be, where it still says James. You throw the monster duck down. You hit the game-winning shot. It still says James. Uh, the kids still see James. And, and it could be a brand thing, too, for some of those guys. Do you know how many more jerseys they would sell in a short amount of time, just for, the, just for this year, that a number 23 Lakers jersey that says Black Lives Matter, do you know how many more of those would sell just, just because of the novelty of it? Just because I'm gonna tell you, it would be a limited thing? I'm going to tell you this, LeBron, I, I, I heard on the grapevine that LeBron was the one who put the CSC Soto on the back of his jersey, the CSC Soto or whatever you said it was, which is, uh, yes, I can. He wanted to put that on the back of his jersey, and that's where everybody said, yeah, if that's what you're looking to put on the back of your jersey, we ain't going to sell none of those. Put James back on there. It's either group, group group economics or James. Those are your two choices. That's it. That's it. Because I am a man, uh, duh, 
yes, I can, obviously. So group economics or nothing. That's the way I'm with you. It's group economics or nothing. If there's anybody with group, group economics, I can't even I keep stumbling over that. If there's anybody with group economics on the back of their jersey, I'm just going to assume they went to an Ivy League school. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I'm with you. I concur. I concur. And they're probably disappointed that they're not going to be able to see their teams uh, playing any sports forever again because yeah. sporting sports are done. Sports are done in the Ivy League. No more sports. Sports are just done in general. I mean, the NBA is not going to finish because they're going to have an outbreak. And once you're in the bubble and an outbreak happens in the bubble, everybody's got it. We're all bubbled out. <laughs> we uh, Baseball is not going to finish because forget an outbreak. It's not even going to be an outbreak. It's just going to be just straight chaos in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, speaking of, speaking of outbreaks in a bubble. So uh, I think I said, did we say last week? My, my wife uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, okay? We did not say that on the air last week. I never said it on the air? All right, screw it. I'll say it on the air now. It's, uh, it was actually two weeks ago today that she went and got tested. 14 days ago today, she got tested. And uh, I got tested as well, came back negative that day. Uh, I also went and got tested again last week, came back negative as well. She, however, got tested Saturday. She's still positive. I'm just going to tell you, my kids are negative. I'm negative because I don't mandate that if something falls on the floor, you throw it away. If food falls on the floor, you pick it up and you eat it. All right? I, the immune systems in my house, I've been talking about my immune system for years. Mike Tyson lives inside my body. Young Mike Tyson, 80s and 90s Mike Tyson. He is my immune system. He is my kid's immune system. That stuff can come into my house, yet not interact with me in any way, shape, or form because I beat it up. So is it because of that or is it because your wife is is a conscientious person and she is doing her job and staying away from everybody? Uh, I mean, yeah, she stays away from us and wears a mask in the house, poor thing. Uh, but, you know, she's, she still comes downstairs. She'll eat dinner with us. You nice. know, she sits at the other end of the table and has dinner. She comes outside while we swim in the pool. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the, – the poor girl would be – she would be in a state of depression of no other if she was locked in that room for two and a half weeks. But, uh, yeah, so I'm just telling you. It was in my house for at least a day or two before we knew she had it. Okay. And you still avoided it. Good for you. Dose negatories, brother. Dose negatories. She just didn't didn't want to kiss you at that time because you had that big old beard. Ah, she loved the beard. It was, she blamed it on some fever blister or something like that. She said she had a, she, she's always making something up, the weird a reason why she can't give me a kiss. There's always some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, but she feels okay, right? Oh, yeah, she's 100%. She can't smell or taste anything. But other really? than that, she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's 100%. And by the way, that whole smelling and tasting thing I thought was the weirdest, goofy thing in the world. I, she's like, it's the craziest thing 
ever. She literally can't smell anything at all. Nothing. Tell you what? If that happened to me, you'd see you'd see a healthy Adam like you've never seen before because I there's there's no reason for me to not eat vegetables then. She that's what she's been saying. She's like I I she's she's as healthy as she's been in God knows how long because I'll be like, hey, I'm going to Chipotle. She's like, why would I want Chipotle if I can't even taste it? Ah, see, there you go. Yep. The so COVID, the COVID works in uh, positive ways as well. There you go, brother. That's exactly right. Meanwhile, <laughs> I put them all on all the one all the LBs she's taken off. I have <laughs> firmly put on, brother. Because I am living in my living room, which is only, I don't know, 20 feet from my kitchen, which just so happens to be where all the food is. And daddy, I was never much of a midnight snacker. Oh, I'm a midnight snacker now. Yeah. Yeah. You you grab uh, some cinnamon graham crackers and apple juice and uh, sit there and throw on the golf channel. (laughs) <laughs> can i so have we ever talked about graham crackers and apple juice on this podcast uh did we have talk about that with bobby did you guys talk about it? did you and joe talk about it maybe maybe we did i, don't, I, don't I, I can't remember either way uh so for all of you that are listening and just heard cinnamon graham crackers and apple juice you're probably like yeah those are two halfway normal things right you know, I'm eating some graham crackers and uh, I'll have a little bit of apple juice to drink at the same time. No, 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 no. At the Schmidt house, at the Schmidt house growing up, they would take a cup of apple juice. They would take a cinnamon graham cracker and dip said graham cracker into said apple juice <laughs> like it was an Oreo and milk. And drink it that way. Craziest thing I've ever seen it or done in my life. And yet, I loved it. See, I, I don't feel, I feel like that was more a you and Joe thing. I feel like I, I was a milk guy. I, I, I don't like apple juice now. And I don't think I liked it very much back then either. So why I would we have done that? I have no idea why we would have done that. <laughs> I, I did a lot of... I did a lot of things when I was a kid that I would never do today. (laughs) I just grew into a, grew into a guy in a, inside a bubble or something. But uh, anyway, and I wasn't always like that. I don't feel like. No. So you, so you never did that. You never did the apple juice. I'm sure I tried it. I just don't remember doing it often. I I definitely remember. I remember your sister did it. Your sister did it. She probably did. I I know because the cinnamon graham cracker, you dip it in the milk and then you have cinnamon milk. That's the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. Oh, without a doubt, though, the only reason I ever ate Cinnamon Toast Crunch growing up was for the milk at the end. Yeah. Yep. Uh, almost almost any cereal. I mean, Cocoa Puffs, you have chocolate milk now. You started exactly. with chocolate milk, now you have yep. chocolate milk. Yep. Yep. No doubt. I said Cocoa uh, yeah, Puffs. I meant to say Cocoa I, I said Cocoa Puffs, thought Cocoa Pebbles. Uh, Either way is the same thing. I mean, Cocoa Puffs, the only difference is Cocoa Puffs would tear the top of your, the roof yeah. of your mouth up. However, you ever notice when you're a kid, 
That never happened when you were a kid. Only when I was in a, when, since I've been an adult, can I not eat the most delicious sugary cereal because it tears my top of my mouth up. When I was a kid, that never happened. I could eat a whole box of cereal in a day and never have a problem with the roof of my mouth. Oh, that Captain Crunch boy. Ooh. Oh, then you get the crunchberries in there with it. Oh, the crunchberries tear you up. Man. Oh, my, my mouth is no doubt. just thinking about it. <laughs> so this turned into. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stick it. Yeah. Ripping out, <laughs> ripping out skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those moves. So, so this took a really weird turn. Uh, but not nearly as, as weird as the comedy special that we watched. <laughs> right? How's that? How's that for you? All right. That was a well transition. So it was my week to pick. And uh, I'm a big Two Broke Girls uh, uh, TV show lover. I, I thought that was hilarious. Me and my wife watched it for the whole time it was on. And Eric Andres was on there. Uh, in the middle, I want to say for probably two seasons, uh, as, as I don't, I, I can't remember if he was Max's girlfriend or just a really good friend, but it was, he was a big pot smoker on the show and he's obviously a drug user, uh, in real life. Um, which, you know, to each her own, I got no problem with that. So, <laughs> uh, I was really interested in watching this guy stand up. I'd never seen him do a stand up. I didn't know he had like a traveling show that he did as well, which apparently he does because his flaccid member fell in a uh, audience member's mouth. Uh, spoiler alert: If you don't watch, haven't watched the the show yet, the stand up special. Anyway, uh, I was excited about this, and man, this dude. Wow. Just wow. Just wow. I'm just going to go with wow. Yep. Wow is a good way to describe it. Uh, so on Netflix, so this is on Netflix. The, the title of it is Legalize Everything. Derek Andre. You know how when you, you log into Netflix and you have all the options, the, uh, the categories, like it'll say, uh, you know, top picks or uh, what's popular or uh, dramas or raunchy comedies or stand-up comedy or sure. you know, all these different and then it gives you a, like a, a row of options that fall in that category well i found this one under oddballs and outcasts that was that fit right in i i noticed that and I'm, so i started scrolling through and i didn't search for it i just i was like okay i'll find it it's in one of the newer ones so I just started scrolling through the, and I saw out, oddballs and outcasts and I'm like, there's no way it's not in this one because I already knew I I've seen his show. He, had, he has a show on adult swim. I don't know if it's still on or not because it was so outrageous that I, I watched it for a while and then I stopped because it was, it was actually worse. It was actually crazier than this special crazier than what he did on this special is his adult swim show that was on at like 1230 at night once a week. But so I knew how insane this guy was. And I thought, okay, but this is like a stand-up show. I've never seen him actually do a, a stand-up set. All I wrote down, Chris, was Eric Andre, Legalize Everything, Netflix under Oddballs and Outcasts, 
And then the only other thing I wrote was way too much. Way He's, too he just got, if he, like some of his stuff was, wasn't bad. Like he had some, I feel like he just needed to work on it a little bit more. Yeah. And some of the stories would have been really good and had good punchlines and would have been really funny. Uh, but when he would just go ballistic and start freaking out in the middle of nowhere, it was more of a, what the heck is going on? Then it was, ah, that's hilarious. Because some of his stuff, I mean, he had he had some political views. He had, you know, some some uh, uh, religious things he kind of talked about, even though he doesn't really care about any of that. But he, you know, it's uh, it wasn't terrible. Uh, it wasn't good, <laughs> but it wasn't terrible. I laughed. I laughed the hardest when he brought his phone out. And and told and uh, so so I'm gonna tell you how how it goes. So he he he's back in his hometown and he texts a girl I guess that he used to hook up with and says, <laughs> "Come over," and she doesn't answer. So he says, "Are you mad at me?" Which you know, hey, listen, we've all been there, right? So uh, just weird things that happen. And she says she's somewhere with her boyfriend, and then he gets a text from the boyfriend. With some hard, hard guy, hard guy routine going, and he says, "What are you? What are you, a villain from a 1980s uh, uh, movie or something like that?" And I laughed hard. That was funny. And then he got somebody else's phone, and what he did with that phone, I've always wanted to do. Just text somebody whatever it thinks you should say next. That was hilarious. Mom calls the kid back on FaceTime. I just call him FaceTimes her son, and she becomes the star of Eric Andre's show. She was the star. That was the best part of the entire show at the very end. And then he took his pants off and hit his hit his twig and berries between his legs, which was yeah awkward. It, I, my testicles hurt watching him do that i tried it i went into the bathroom and i was like <laughs> how did he and i like tucked back and i tried to squeeze and i was like oh holy cow that was <laughs> it kind of hurt a little bit i don't know how he did it they have to be they have to be everything has to be big enough to clear your legs <laughs> well i don't i mean and and you know the house is a little chilly i mean usually that the the, the berries are <laughs> the berries are are usually the ones that I got no problem moving around wherever they want to go, but they were the <laughs> ones that felt the worst in that in that in that uh, in that situation. Now he was sweating profusely, so he was warm. So you know they're you know the way the way if you guys don't know much about anatomy, uh, the hotter your body is, the farther they try to get away, and the colder it is, they 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 try to stay in a neutral temperature, so they'll tuck back up in to to get a little warm. So he was warm, so I'm sure they were, you know, they were they were uh, hanging low. But I couldn't do it when I just I walked out to the end of it and I went and tried to tuck back and boom, it gave me a little surprise there. The house is a little chilly. That's the one I always use too, buddy. Um, a little chilly, brother. <laughs> I keep my stuff on 68. You know what? <laughs> we just got the title of this episode. <laughs> house is a little chilly. 
if it wasn't for for the amazing Bobby Nightingale being on this program, that would have been the title. That's exactly right. You know what? Hey, I've been telling I've been telling women my whole life, well, my whole adult life, that sometimes the house is just a little chilly. <laughs> Turn the heat on in this thing or what? <laughs> I'm freezing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> oh, Lottie. Okay. So Don't anyway, let it get off the rails. Don't let it get off the rails, Adam Schmidt. Back Take to, us down. Bring us back. back to, I mean, it's hard not to with this cat as our yeah, comedy this, special. We're just we're just going week. with the theme. That's right. Going with the theme. So back to Eric Andre because he loves being naked and he would just like pull up his shirt at random times when it didn't make any sense. And like, yep. he, just, he does that kind of stuff on a show all the time, loves being naked and it's weird. And it's, and it's, uh, I, I think there's like, he just goes for the shock value and in that yep. works like once or twice or, or whatever in the context, the context has to be really, really funny for that to work. But when you just do it all the time and you're just running around naked and screaming your head off and talking about drugs the whole time, like I got a, I got a similar, I had similar thoughts and feelings during this one that I had when we were watching the Pete Davidson special in a different way, because Pete Davidson is like the opposite of that. He's like this down, you know, like he's looking yeah. at the floor and stuff the whole time. And so they're opposite guys, but they're both, they, they both talk about being on drugs a ton and they obviously have some stuff going on in this part of their body. I don't think body. Eric Andres doesn't nearly like Pete Davidson. I think Eric Andres is totally cool with himself and he just is who he is. And he's just, it just is what it is, brother. He's Listen, just, I love to be naked. I love being naked. If it wasn't for my kids, I'd be naked in my house probably 14 hours a day. But Eric Andre is naked in front of crowds and cameras all the time because he's <laughs> a little way – he's way – not a little. He's way too extra about everything. I would do that. That wouldn't bother me. <laughs> this guy, he just – I he just I get that feeling that he's trying too hard, man. And it, and it takes the funny away. For, it takes the humor away. It, that's what it did. it did. It did that a few times. He – I think he had a good bit with the cops and the reggae music. I think that was a good bit if he wouldn't have went off the rails with it. Yeah. I think I think he had some good bits that he just he just jumped off and started screaming. The the thing that he brought back from Cuba was hilarious until oh, yeah, he, yeah. until he started was- screaming at the end of it. Like yeah. I mean, that, that might have been one of his better jokes, to be honest. Yeah. And, and I don't know. He, uh, I, 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 don't, I think he's got good ideas, and I think that it fits a certain area. But he just needed to hone those in. And maybe, maybe that, that, like you said, the shock value might just be – sometimes it's just too much. Because he really – he had some good stuff in there. It just went off the rails. He's probably better as a writer. You know, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's on his, he has his own show. Obviously he does, he did this special. He has his own, he, he's on television and he has his own brand and everything, but he might be more valuable as an idea man. Yeah, um, no doubt. 
So because have somebody else with, with a little more sense about them execute the ideas to make them funny. Because there's some really good comedians that could take a few of those jokes and could have turned those into gold. Yes. That, he had potential of the jokes he told in that, or he tried to tell, the stories he had with the Coachella, with Snoop Dogg, all that stuff. There, and, and leave the drugs in it. The drugs are fine. Like, how much drug do you take and smoking with your mom? And that stuff, it could fit. It could fit without the over-the-top. I think that dude, I think he had a good special if somebody else did it. What drug do you think he was on while he was doing that? Look, I'm going to tell you right now, my whole life, listen, you know, uh, I, I've never dabbled in, in much of anything except for the, the alcohol, right? So uh, going off That's of that. That's what they're calling on the streets too, by the way. That's the, the alcohol. For it, the alcohol. The alcohol, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, about, that's about my uh, extent of dabbling into, yeah, into things. However, I have quite a few slang. <laughs> However, I, I have quite a few friends and have known quite a few people in my life that I've hung out with very closely uh, that partake in everything he talked about. So, yeah. uh, and have seen people on everything he talked about, except for that, I don't know, the one where he was in an Uber with Ellen DeGeneres. I can't remember, Schlebler, or I don't even know what that was called. That was something goofy. Anyway, uh, so, but I, but I couldn't tell you what he was on, but he was on something. No doubt. Sure seemed like it. You got to be because he was dying. He was dying on stage. That dude was not in great shape. And to get into those spurts of incredible, like, it was incredible cardio that he had to do for short spurts. And he was sweating hard. Uh, and, he used to be to a real those, skinny dude. He should be. <laughs> he should be. But he obviously – he obviously, uh, you know, gets some munchies quite often. So he, he, he gets the munchies and he had enough success. He got a, a show on TV. So he has enough money now to just, you know, kind of sit around and eat a little bit more often. I think. There you go. So, all right. So all, we are, all we honesty, are, I think the guy's good. I think the guy could be, he, I think he, he, it had a ton of potential. Um, it, I did, I mean, you know, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it by any means. <clears throat> and that's no, no knock on him because I think as an actor, when he's in comedies, I think he could do a really good job in comedies where he doesn't do that over-the-top craziness because just his facial expressions are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to see him reinvent himself a little bit because I, I agree with you. He could be good. And like I said, I think he could be a writer and uh, and he could still be a performer too. but but. Just focus on, focus on what you're, what you're trying to be funny about, not not getting naked yeah. and screaming. You know, I, the stories are good, man. He had good stories. It just needed to be refined and and put together a little better. Yeah. All right, so we got to rate this thing. What do you got? I'm gonna go with uh, one point eight. Ooh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That may be the It Sure Is. That is the lowest score that you have given a special. 
Let's try to get Pete Davidson. You comfortable with that? You gave uh, what did I give Pete Davidson? You gave Pete Davidson a three. The lowest score you gave was Jerry Seinfeld. Twenty three hours to kill. You gave a one point nine. Yeah, I'm good with that. So you get a one point eight. Yeah, I listen. I don't look at what I rate everything else. I'm a spur of the moment guy. Uh, I might rate something I like better lower than something I rate something else, but it, it's a spur of the moment kind of a thing, man. I, I enjoy it. One point eight is how I felt about twenty seconds ago, and that's what I'm sticking with. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with a two. I think I'm going with a two. Whoa! I rated that higher than you. I totally thought that you would rate that lower than I do. So did I. So did I. I your 1.8 was a lot lower than I thought you were going to go. And, and my two might be a little bit higher, but I started, like you were talking about, I started looking at what I have <laughs> everything else. So, so I gave, I gave that, I believe that. 1.9. I'm going to tell you right now, I, and, and just because it's the lowest I've ever rated it, rated anything doesn't mean that I there weren't good parts I laughed hard at the the apple texting and all that stuff I laughed hard at the end of it <laughs> and I'm, I I think I'm rating it lower mostly because I know it could have been that much better yeah you could have used the exact same material and killed it Seinfeld, I thought he, he could use that material. Anybody could use that material, and it was garbage. So, and I love Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Dang, that's a legend you're talking about. I love him. He's, <laughs> dude. You know how you know how I I, I own. Uh, don't worry, he's got my money. I own every Seinfeld DVD there is. He's yeah. already got my money, brother. Uh, trust me, <laughs> he don't care. He don't care what I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> And he got your money for that special too. If he if you pay for Netflix, he got your money for that too. And uh, and unfortunately, apparently, I'm like the one in ten people that have Netflix that actually pay for it. Oh, I pay for it. Yeah, I guess everybody uses other people's or something. But the way I understand it is, everybody just jumps on everybody else's. I mean, that's how we started. I jumped on somebody else's the on on their flicks and. Uh, one day got told, yo, hey, you mind jumping off because you got too many people on my Netflix right now. Like, well, sounds like you give your password to way too many people. Yeah. So I bought my own, bought my own. I don't give mine to nobody. Nobody. Nobody gets my Netflix. Password. Nope. Now, I do give them my Hulu and I do give them my <laughs> HBO. I do give people that stuff, but nobody gets my Netflix. Gotcha. Okay, so speaking of those things, uh, we have to pick a uh, pick a uh, comedy special for next week. I believe you're incorrect there. Uh, over the past few weeks now, we've kind of gone back and forth, and uh, you just said that we need to pick one for next week, and I believe you are the one that is going to be picking this one. Okay, then. I'm going to, I, so I just heard about something, a special this afternoon, uh, late this afternoon that I don't know if I was aware of, but apparently a guy that I've been talking about, maybe going back and watching an older one, um, apparently not too long ago, 
released a comedy special and i believe it's on youtube uh so i know different okay so in, in in there are comedians that are starting to do that a guy a, a guy uh that i follow mark norman a comedian um he he released a netflix or a youtube special like a month ago or something like that um so i know okay. people are doing that uh but i am talking about hannibal burris now, oh, we we have watched Hannibal, haven't we? I don't think we watched we, the Hannibal Burris. Have we? Oh, maybe I just have. I've watched I've watched a couple of his specials. I the Hannibal Burris is hilarious, okay. and uh, apparently that's the the cat that that uh, our boy we just watched did his does his show with. Oh yeah 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 Hannibal is like a yeah Hannibal's always on the eric andre show he's like the co-host he's like a he's like the opposite of eric andre so he comes out first or no he comes out after eric andre have you ever seen the the opening to the eric andre show no okay i'm gonna send it to you later i won't say i won't do it right now on the air but i'm going to send you that after we're done here so you can see what the beginning of every show of his looks like and you're not going to be you are not going to be uh, surprised. So, okay. So, no, I'm sure I won't. No, Hannibal Burris, though, Hannibal Burris is, uh, he, he is, I think he's one of the boyfriends in, uh, God dang on it. Um, what is that show with the two girls that was yeah. on Comic Control? Yep. That I, show I, is it's, hilarious. It's the, it's the one, it's the one series that I, have wanted for a couple years to watch. Yes. And I can't seem to I haven't I seen the whole thing. I've seen it bits and pieces. <laughs> the only way you got the only way you can do it is to pay for Comedy Central. It's the absolute only way you can watch it is to pay for Comedy Central's whatever app or their their streaming server, whatever. You know, everybody's got one now. But right. that's the only way. And I can't remember what the heck that is called. I keep wanting to say Vice City. That's obviously not it. That's the goofiest thing in the world. Uh, but it's it's broad broad uh, city. Broad there city. it is, broad city. I knew it was something city, broad city. And I'm going to tell you, those two chicks are hilarious. Yeah. And Hannibal Hannibal Burris does a good job. At, he's hilarious, and that's it. He is low key funny as hell. I love I love, I love Hannibal Burris. In fact, I oh, found out about this special because he was just on in the last couple weeks with. Um, with Joe Rogan on his podcast. So I saw that today and I started listening to it uh, at work and he, and Joe Rogan right up front said, you just released a comedy special on YouTube and it's called Miami nights. I see it right now. So uh, it's on YouTube. So jump on YouTube and actually I'm guessing you have to pay. So I, I subscribe to YouTube TV. So I think, I can watch this because I subscribe to that. So if you don't subscribe to that, you might not be able to see this. So, well, hold on a second. Let's just find out. Let's just find out. It's uh, it's uh, Miami, Miami Nights, Miami Nights, Hannibal Burris, full comedy, uh, hour and four minutes. That's right. Click on it, and looks like it's getting ready to start. Hannibal Burris, I'm here with my quarantine. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. I'm in. I, yep. I would I'm love in. to do that one then. If, if every, if let's do it. That, 
I'm really excited because I didn't even know he was coming out with a special. I've been I I've been for a while thinking like, man, he's due, man. I, I need another one from Hannibal, and very excited today to find that out. I'm very excited that we get to watch it as part of this podcast. Yes, very excited as well. I'm, uh, I think this will be a good one. I think this is going to be. I wanted Eric Andres because I'd never seen anything he had done, and I thought he was really good. Two broke hoes. Oh, two broke girls. Sorry, that's what I always joke around and call. <laughs> uh, man, whew, that's what I always. That's my joking name for it. Uh, so two broke girls. I thought he was great in that, so I wanted to see his special, and um, I'd have been good if I never watched that. So let's hope Hannibal is a little better. Hannibal's going to be better. I promise you that. I know that. <laughs> Everything I've seen, I've seen a couple of his specials before, and he's been good. So yeah, um, I, I feel good about that. Uh, now next week we will be coming on the air a couple days before the baseball season starts. When does the NBA season officially kick off? July 30th. So we'll be uh, another so week and weeks. a half or so ahead of that. So, um, yeah, so we got one more, bud. One more. There's, there's one more of these. Crazy <laughs> air, Chris. One more quarantine podcast with no baseball or basketball. Yeah. That's all right. We'll be, uh, we'll be ready because you know what? I'm telling you, you got to follow – you got to follow somebody who is there. And as a matter of fact, I just did that today because I listened to a podcast yesterday. Zach Lowe had the young lady who is on, who is down in the bubble uh, as part of the, she's ESPN. She is. Yeah, I seen her. I know why you're following her. No, Malika Andrews, because she is inside the bubble. Yeah, I know she is. I know she's inside the bubble. I, I, yeah, and look, yes, okay, yes, she is, she is exactly what you, <laughs> she's attractive. Sure, yes, she is, but she is, I'm telling <laughs> you, first of all, I didn't know who she was before I heard her on Zach Lowe's podcast yesterday, and I was like, okay, this, she sounds, she sounds awesome, like she, you know, she, she's, she sounds smart, and like she's, she's good at what she does, and all that kind of stuff, she's reporting on what's going on in the bubble, and then I, so then I went to follow her on Twitter and yeah, it just so happens that she's uh, right up my alley. But, uh, but yeah, she, uh, she is a, a good follow. So follow her. I was trying to pull it up. It's, it's M A L I J A. I just did. Underscore Andrews, A N D R E W S. So, and, and who cares if she's, if she's attractive or if she looks like me. It, it's it's i'm just saying i've been watching her, i've been watching her on espn for the last uh couple uh last week since people have been coming in there and uh that's the only reason as soon as you mentioned her name i was like ah, <laughs> i know who you're talking about and, and i had not seen her before i i followed her on twitter um but seriously she she has a ton of information and she probably won't divulge everything that she sees down there but because she has to be professional but uh she has information about stuff going on all the time, and, and she, t- she told a bunch of stories on, on Zach Lowe's podcast and, and all that good stuff. So um, follow everybody you can find who is down there because there's stuff happening all the time. Yep. Uh, so 
we're going to have plenty to talk about. There's going to be plenty to talk about, even though we'll still be a few days, a couple days before baseball and another week or so before basketball. So we'll have plenty for you next week. We'll watch Hannibal Burris, and we'll talk about that one. Uh, it's called Miami Nights. Uh, so give it a watch. If you have not watched Eric Andre, go ahead and skip that one and go right into Hannibal Burris if you want yeah. to. Go ahead and do that. You're not missing anything. I think we need to bring in a new segment. I think we need to do funny things in the bubble. I think that there's something to that. If you're listening to this and you've got a name for that segment, I'm gonna, we're going to look for crazy, funny things that have happened in the NBA bubble, and I want to make that a segment. Tell, me, tell us what you think the segment should be called, or we're just going to make it up. So uh, we're going to find a funny name for it, and that's what we're going to call it. And we are going to each bring a story every week, both of us. That's our job. Listen, okay. we've been slack. I've been slacking lately. I'm, bringing, I'm going to bring a story from the bubble every week. Okay. And, and like, for example, you know, uh, the other day, J.J. Redick posted a video of him shotgunning a beer sitting in a, in a cold tub, in a, well, in a, in a little blow-up pool full of ice. Uh, <laughs> so, then, so then Myers Leonard uh, uh, basically responded and, and did one himself. And it looked like he cheated. Because he took two gulps. It wasn't not two drinks, two gulps. It was he, he cut a hole in the bottom of the can, all right? He, he, like, got down, opened it up, went like that. You could see his throat move twice. Gulp, gulp. An entire 12-ounce beer in two gulps, gone. Well, that's the point of shotgun, is it? No, the point of shotgunning is you open that second air gap. So, depending on how much, how big that hole was, depends on how much he could have possibly got inside of his gullet at one time. It was. I mean, it's not. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I'm a big shotgunner, right? So if I get on a golf course and I'm having a bad day, uh, you know, I might get to seven or eight, and I'm like, we got to turn this bad boy around. And it's shotgun time. So, in case you were wondering, I hope both of the I hope JJ didn't have that beer in the cold tub with him, because if you're shotgunning a beer, better off having it uh, just cool, not ice cold. Burns on the way down. Uh, that's number one. Bobby Edwards, appreciate the the tip on that. That's uh, best <laughs> one of the best things that taught me. But it is possible. It is definitely possible to throw that down that quick, depending on how big, how big of a hole you have down at the bottom. He had a big old hole in that thing. Big old hole. Well, then he definitely could have got if he definitely could have got it all down. And he's a big old boy. So I guess so. There you go. I guess there so. you go. All right. Well a professional, that's just my professional opinion. Professional opinion. And I'm a novice. Not even a novice. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, – take, you're not even a rookie. Not, you're, you're, I wouldn't put you on any level. I'm a virgin. To, I'm a virgin. I'm a shot. Uh, when it comes to shotgunning a beer, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> All right. On that note, we will be back next week. And do not forget to turn your headlights on.